I'm Lori Hellman, an Indiana warrior mom who has navigated the autism world for 16 years and counting. My hope is to unite autism families by sharing experiences and taking a deep dive into this puzzling disorder. So thanks for joining me on Living the Sky Life, our autism journey. Today's guest, Francine Munt, is an upbeat Southern California homeschooling mom of two young men on the autism spectrum. A licensed nurse, she also shares her insights as a WeGo Health patient leader and as a regular contributor at Today Parenting Community Team with articles published in various news outlets, including Autism Parenting Magazine. Francine is currently the president and CEO of FRAT.org, which stands for Finding Real Autism Accessibility Training, where she consults with and provides customized training programs for first responders, the business community, and hospitality industry with a focus on the teen and adult population. Francine also shares her life's ups and downs, raising two teens on the autism spectrum in her honest and very open blog, Autism in SoCal, which also can be found on Facebook and Instagram. I feel like I found yet another autism warrior mom soulmate who is brutally honest and real about the very unpleasant behaviors associated with autism. It's great to find someone who also is focusing on the teens who are soon to become adults and all of the laps in um, treatments and programs that we have for our kids on the spectrum. So please enjoy my conversation with Francine. So my guest today is my new friend, um, Francine Munt, and I am so excited that I met her. I feel like we are kindred spirits uh, living across the country from one another. We have the same personality, the same take on autism and all things, I feel like. So welcome to the uh, Living the Skylight podcast, Francine. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you. Um, we've talked a lot of things. Um, I want to definitely touch on eloping because you mentioned that term to me on the phone and I don't have that experience with Skylar. So um, I want to talk a little bit about that and, and the degree to which you deal with that. I want to talk about all your experience with first responder training and and the organization you started and, you know, just having teenagers um, <laughs> on the right, spectrum right, right, or a teenager right. on the spectrum. Um, so first, let's, I always like to start and ask people about their diagnosis. I know with Logan being uh, 18 or almost 18, um, mm -hmm. that that was quite some time ago, but no one ever forgets. So <laughs> can we talk a little no. bit about that? No. Okay. Well, both of the boys were diagnosed and that was 18 years ago. They are both going to be 18 next month, actually. They were both born in 2001. Um, so they are considered Irish twins. <laughs> One was born New Year's Day and the other was born on the 19th, just before Christmas. So it was a busy year. And <laughs> uh, anyway, years later, they went, I put them into a little preschool and at preschool, that was where they started saying, you know, you should probably look into to uh you know getting them checked out because it, it looks like they may be autistic and i was i was angry when they said that i thought how dare they just because my kids aren't sitting there with a juice box you know uh -huh. no biggie they were so little they were only two but in my gut i knew i knew something was wrong with one of my kids and that was my eldest i could tell something was wrong went to the doctors he said no 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 totally normal he was showing all of the signs all of the signs and i didn't even really know the signs until i started googling what he was doing and i realized this is all pointing to autism 
So fast forward, the uh, district, the school district came out. We ended up getting, you know, the, the legit state people coming out. And the school district straight away said, oh, absolutely. Um, we're going to take them out of this preschool, put them in our, in our system that we have here for kids with autism at like two and a half. And both of them actually were diagnosed, which was funny because my younger, my sister used to say, well, at least, you know, at least Logan's easier. At least, you know, you've got one that's a toughie, but you've got Logan, he's so easy. <laughs> well, turns out, um, neither of them could speak. They were both not potty trained. It was years. And by about five years old, now remember Hunter was the one that I knew something was mm -hmm. up with. About five years old, he started speaking and he, he started, uh, he went years without feeling pain or temperatures. All of a sudden he wanted a coat on. All of a sudden he wasn't hiding under the table at restaurants. I can't explain it. Mm -hmm. There is no explanation. And because I was probably so in denial, you know, that first couple of years that I just refused to believe it, um, I didn't get him the help that he, that I could have. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I just kept pushing forward. It's all good. He's going to be fine. Well, now he has grown up. He's attended, he's in college doing fantastic and no one would even know yeah, he still has, he's considered um, Asperger's now, but mm -hmm. he's doing incredible. He got his driver's license. Everything's great. And Logan, my youngest, who, you know, well, at least Logan's okay. Um, <laughs> Logan, Logan is severely autistic. Mm -hmm. Who would have known? And Logan is the one that I actually put because by the time you know hunter started talking everything was going good and i noticed his brother wasn't nothing was changing if anything things were getting worse i did everything i could therapy wise i i was the one who you know drank the kool-aid and i ended up taking him to these specialists that cost thousands of dollars mm -hmm. to change his diet to get him on supplements to um we did the b12 shots we did. Didn't you do an H bot too? Because we bought mm -hmm. we bought one of those hyperbaric chambers. Oh my gosh! And what did you think? <laughs> it didn't do a single thing for us. I mean, right? You know, every every parent that I met at the um, Dan physician's office that we yes, we had that to was get where a Dan I went. physician because everybody got a we Dan. Were, I was uh -huh. a horrible mother because I didn't know what that was. I had no idea what that stood right? for. I didn't know anything about it. So then you know, here we go, and we're put on all the supplements too, the B12. Um, oh yeah. We didn't do and, the shots, we did the cream. Well, um, did you notice that all the supplements that you were put on, which is something that I look back and think, God, I was an idiot, but all the supplements that I was put on and they were the best supplements available were all bought in his office. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or we had, to, we had to get them from a compounding place that was oh, yeah. in another state and they had to ship them to us and oh. it was kind of a mess. But yeah, we had the HBOT for about two years. And, wow, um, you even bought one. We, yeah, did the, um, yeah. <laughs> we did the big hardcore where you go to like an, a huge office and we sat inside it. Like it was, you could almost stand up inside it. It's okay. the one used for the divers. So it was the huge one. And we went in that and it was thousands of dollars. I don't even like to think yeah. about it. And you know what they say, either you're going to see, you know, incredible leaps and bounds and he'll be mm -hmm. talking by the time he gets out or you'll see nothing. And so you're thinking, well, of course we got to try this. It's worth a try. Yeah. That's what yeah. we thought. <laughs> mm -hmm. It did absolutely nothing, but uh, empty my wallet. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I did the B12 shots. Uh, I saw no, I, I saw nothing. I saw nothing. And, and there were days that I would, you know, it's that placebo effect. You're like, oh, oh, this, oh, we're seeing different. Mm-hmm. You know what? We probably would have seen those anyway. That's just part of getting older. But um, that, after all of that is when I gave up with all that, all the diet, the diet did nothing. And it was just brutal and miserable. But um, that's when I kind of gave up on all of that and just thought, okay, well, we just have to deal with the symptoms that are, you know, causing problems. Right. You know, we'll just, it is what it is. We're going to have to just live with this and figure out how we can live our lives and he can live his lives and everybody can be happy. And that's how we've gone on. And I think a lot of us do that by the time they're, you know, teens, we kind of mm-hmm. stop with all the voodoo and the, um, the promises of this magical cure that people right. email us constantly um, <laughs> in my yeah. inbox. So you- I think we do steer away from just the thought of a cure. I, I mean, yeah. I know that that is a taboo word in the autism community and, and right. I get that, but as a mom, you know, you want, as a parent in general, um, but you want to do everything and anything and we will spend thousands of dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. there were people at that office with the hyperbaric oxygen, you know, therapy stuff, yeah. they had double mortgages on their homes oh. because it was that important to them to try this and yeah. try the next thing and try to do anything to right. cure the symptoms and make their child right. a little bit better. And they like will, you, I feel like now we're, we're managing behaviors. Like we're exactly. just trying to make sure he doesn't punch someone in the grocery you know, store and exactly. get us arrested. I don't want to get him arrested or me arrested. And, <laughs> so. uh, and just like we were saying, it's not curing their autism because they're always going to be autistic. Right. His brother is doing fantastic and, you know, fully functioning in the community. He's doing great, but he still has autism. Mm-hmm. There's no question about it. He still, um, he still has the gifts that is autism, the amazing memory. He's genius smart. The things that I wish I had, you know, he's just, yeah. he can do incredible things. The things I'm trying to, well, that we initially tried to get rid of and we're still working on were exactly what you said. Um, him going out in public, mine wants to go out alone now. And I'm not afraid of him doing something bad as much as I am that people won't understand. And he could be in a fight. Um, somebody could, oh yeah, it's, it's super dangerous, especially now when they're so much bigger, mine's Mm -hmm. six, four and he's 220 pounds. He's, he's a giant. Um, and he just doesn't understand. So when he does get out, it's, it's tough. Even when he's with me and we're walking through a mall, um, it's tough. He has his iPhone with him and he likes to, he, he thinks he's a little kid. So he thinks little kids are his friends and he wants to play with them and he wants to take pictures and some families get it and I'll have to say, oh, sorry, sorry. He's, you know, he just doesn't understand. And some fathers get really mad um, that don't understand. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they think it's a creepy thing, but it's, it may look that way, but it's so innocent. It, it's, it's scary. Yeah. Just so, because he's six foot four, he, he's probably got the mental, you know, right. awareness of like a nine-year-old. He right. probably doesn't he, understand. He still wants to go to a kid's club and wants mm-hmm. to, like, he's still asking for those kinds of things. So he doesn't understand. And <clears throat> that's the reason that I kind of um, put him out there. Some people will say, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be using him online. I'm not using him online, but what I am doing is rather than in the beginning where I hid it all 
and I didn't tell anybody. And I posted the happy pictures and look at my perfect little family. Um, there was always that fear of when we would have to go to a reunion or a picnic and he would get undressed or would <laughs> yeah. run away or would, you know, like all of those crazy things that happened and knowing he's not going to sit at a picnic. We're, we're not going to last 10 minutes. Right. So that was when I kind of said, okay, enough is enough. And um, yeah, we're going to talk all about it. And I'm going to shout it from the rooftops because he has autism and that's what it is. There's millions upon millions of kids who have it. And let's talk about it. It's normal. Just as I would if he was a normal 18 year old and he was You're bragging like, about his ACT right. scores and like and bragging about, you know, what he did in <laughs> soccer and he was playing football and he went to prom. Well, we don't get to do that, but here's what we do get to do. I can he tell ate a new food. <laughs> like I'm really excited. <laughs> totally. He stayed through the whole movie this time when we went mm -hmm. to see, you know, um, Frozen 2 the other day. Yep. So it's that kind of stuff. There's, it's, there's no shame in the game. It's, I'm proud, we're proud, and there's millions of parents out there who are proud too. So yeah, right? I'm so glad that you did kind of go public whenever you decided to do that because it's, it's people like you that I'm trying to find. I'm, I mean, I, I relate to as many people as I can possibly talk to, mm -hmm. especially those of, of you with teens in the same age right. um, as my son and, and on the more severe end, um, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it can be you such an them. isolating it's thing. Super, super isolating. And, and, <laughs> and the only ones, if you go online to any of the support groups like Facebook and all of those places, every single parent on there is the parent of a toddler. And so you go on there thinking you're going to find some information, but there's absolutely nothing from us, from right. us with the 18 and up or just the teenagers in general. Even if you go um, looking for support and resources, if you're going on a vacation or if you're looking, all of these autism friendly places are popping up. Um, but if you really read the fine print and you yeah. look to see, okay, what are they offering here? Like the what, sensory what are, rooms, you mean? There's nothing yeah. for my son. So if you have a three-year-old, they'll help you out. But as for this community, what is it? 50,000 kids every year are transitioning from teenagers to adults. Wow. Is and it that high? It is. Um, I've never heard that statistic before. Yes. Half a million across the world every single year are transitioning in adulthood and that you you just don't see any resources if every single one is geared towards your children your children but what about the six four you know huge guy with autism soon we will be the minority so we really got to get a leg up on this and start really making you know if it's if something's going to be called autism friendly that's one of my pet peeves Let's let's make it really autism friendly. Let's stop just focusing on the kids. We need that for sure. But let's remember that these kids are turning into an adult to adults. And just like with school, just like the whole transition to adulthood with with jobs, with resources for caregivers like us, we're there's not we're not there yet. I mean, we're getting there, but we're not there yet to figure out what are we going to do. Um, you know, they won't be going to college. Well, they'll get adult education up until 21 but that sort of thing we we need to have more parents speaking out making it the norm um and not being so afraid to talk about the realities of especially kids that are severe we talk about mm -hmm. and we hear stories so much about the savant type autistics that are doing incredible things 
um, the kids that are going, working for Microsoft coding. Excellent and fantastic. <laughs> but we also have these that, you know, my son will, will likely never live alone. Um, I never say never, but there comes a point where you start kind of going, okay, he's, he's 18 now, so I can see where we're headed. Um, it's not a bad thing. It is what it is. But I, I think if we talk more about it, it won't be so scary for everybody. I think it'll make more. I think that's where I, I'm at too, is, you know, the IEPs and the transitioning into like job, you know, programs and, and um, shadowing and all those things. I mean, we, we just aren't there and we're probably never right. going to be there. And I don't have any answers. I, I'm still trying to formulate what that looks like. But for, for kids like Skylar and others out there that are yeah. severe, that are not potty trained yeah. yet at 16 and that are needing my assistance, you know, with every single thing throughout mm -hmm. a day. I don't, what do I do with him? He can't go even to a job for two exactly. hours uh, and be, I've joked before, it's not really funny, but I've just said before, I would love for him to be a Walmart greeter even, right. um, anything like that, but he doesn't speak. So he can't, can't um, really do that. So there is oh, literally nothing no, I, I that you. I can think of he mine can could, do mine independently. Mine speak. And there's the problem there. He, mine, mine could greet. He couldn't have a conversation with anybody, but he could definitely say hello. Right. But then you have the issue of he wouldn't do it. He would run out. Yeah. He'd be out the door in 30 <laughs> seconds. And having him attend to something, there are some kids that will go with anyone. There are some kids that you can say, okay, oh, there's a special needs camp we can drop him off at and he'll have a great time. Um, right. Mine could never, ever. No, I, have I would to stay have with to them. stay with him. There's exactly. no way. There is no <laughs> way I could drop him off. And it's even in the school system, now that we're on that topic, it's like the school system doesn't even understand that at this point because they even have, um, they have prom. Okay, well, my son isn't in high school right now, but of course he is still attached to the district. The, the school that he went to, his high school, couldn't handle him. So I don't enjoy homeschooling, but I was left with no choice. Um, but of course he could attend the prom if he wanted to, and I want him to. But at the same time, they say, well, no, um, we can't have parents attending. We need them to be, you know, we will provide aids. And I think, <laughs> okay, first of all, a normal kid, if you sent them to, you know, a typical kid going to prom and you said, no, you're not going with somebody you know, we're going to partner you up with a complete stranger for the evening. Creepy. That's, yeah. that's weird. Yeah. Same with my son he's not going to just walk up and there's a complete stranger. He's going to be with you all night. Won't happen. So it's a tough one. They just, uh, they, it's things have got to change. We've just got to get, a they're trying to be inclusive. They just haven't thought it through. And I mean, what's the harm in talking to a bunch of parents to get ideas, exactly. you know, like you to say, you know, this is why this isn't the best idea. This is why this really wouldn't work for the right. masses. It might work for a couple of kids, but for the majority, this is what, this is the problem. Right. With and I think a lot of parents are just so sick and tired of, um, I think a lot of them get quiet because especially at this point, we fight tooth and nail for literally everything. Um, services, you know, through the state, uh, services through school, IEPs. It seems as though everything is a fight. And when it comes down to something like that, we just, a lot of people just don't have the energy to put into it anymore. Oh, that's the case. Okay. I guess mine's not going. That's it. I just don't have, I don't have the energy to now have to prove my point to a group of people who aren't going to probably see my point straight away. Um, 
yeah, you run out of gas, you run out of steam after a while when you're doing it all day, every day. And then you're coming home and you're not really getting a rest because, you know, my son doesn't sleep and it's just constant. <laughs> it's, it's constant. Um, you're constantly aware. You're constantly waiting, listening. Constantly running on empty. Constantly running on empty. <laughs> Skylar slept one hour last night. Um, I don't even know how. I, I think I've just become accustomed to it at this point, and I'm just yeah. functioning just fine on an hour of sleep because you know him. We have a baby monitor in our room because that's really the only way that we know if he needs us or. And he claps and claps oh. and claps and bangs the walls and carries mm -hmm. on. <laughs> We're just like my husband's can sort of sleep through it sometimes. Um, Oh, I can't. I hear every I think little that's noise, so, even when they were that's babies. Super funny. I hear right? breathe. Well, when they were babies, especially, <laughs> but I think it's funny you even mentioned that. I was telling my brother the other day and I was saying, um, you know, how we don't sleep. And it's been it's been years and years. And um, you know, it's just my face and I just look awful. And he's he was we were talking about it, and I said, he said something about he said, um, oh, well, why don't you wear earphones or something? Like, why don't you wear earplugs? And I said, No, 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 you don't understand. I can't sleep when it's quiet. I wake up because something's wrong. Yeah. That's when I wake up. So long as I'm lying there, if I I'm half asleep with one eye open, if I can hear the yelling, if I can hear the screaming, we're good. We're good. I know he's home and everything's okay. As soon as it gets quiet, that's when I am afraid that he's just, you know, left the building. So I've got to get up. Uh -huh. Right. Or or we know that the clapping for us usually means his pull up is full oh. and he can't sleep right. obviously because he needs to be changed. So we're like, oh, and so, I mean, we, we have it down to a science. I mean, we strip the bed, like one of us strips the bed really quickly and changes the sheets while the other one changes right. him. And we try to keep as little yep. lights on as possible. We do most of it in the dark and then we're like, okay, go to sleep. And then, you know, sometimes he will, sometimes he won't an hour and a half later, he's clapping and banging oh. again. And we're like, Oh my God, is he full again for uh -huh. real? <laughs> so you become an, ex <laughs> it just, it's you're an expert all at night. changing it without even really moving him yep. the entire bed. Um, yeah. Yep. And then the laundry on top of that. <laughs> so yeah, so it's definitely yep. a full, a full day of work. So let's talk a little bit about eloping. Yep. So I've never have had that experience with Skylar. He either would when he was little, he would just play off in a little corner by himself with a toy and just kind of ignore mm -hmm. all of us. And now he constantly grabs our hand and pulls us into one room, pushes us to another. He always wants us to be around, but he doesn't want right. to do anything oh, with yeah. us. He just wants us to be near him. Yes. But he never really walks away from us. He Oh, you're he very, 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 very lucky. Far. Um, mine's, <laughs> I guess I feel that's a very good that. thing. Mine's the same <laughs> in the sense where uh, we could have a party and he wants everybody to be here. As soon as people go to leave, he's upset. So he just likes knowing that everyone is here. Um, but as for the eloping, that started as soon as he could walk with both of my kids. Um, I, I, when I was married, my husband was in the military. So he was gone for literally years, um, half their lives when they were little. Um, so I was always alone. And did you always stay in California? We guys, yeah, you weren't moving around. No, a lot. no, no. We were always in were the you? same house. So okay. that was good. But um, it started when they were really young. Um, and then as well, Hunter, he's fine now. But um, as we turned into the teen years, it got much worse. And uh, I guess I look at it this way. He's a typical teen. You know, when you're 17 mm -hmm. and you want to go out. Well, now he's at that age where he thinks I'm 17. 
I want to go out. I don't want my mom with me. I just want to get on a bus and go somewhere. But, you know, he's barely verbal and it's just not a good thing. I mean, it's unsafe. Um, anyways, he has escaped. I can't count how many times um, out of the house. We got to the point where I wouldn't go to sleep until I had done a full check of the outside of the house. I had to um, drill the windows shut, drill the doors shut. If there was a fire, we would have died because there was no, I, but there was nothing else I could do. Any locks I put on the door, anything I did, even if I drilled the doors from the inside, he would find a way while I slept to get out, um, including just breaking a window. So it got really bad. And to the point of, you know, he's a big boy and he would get aggressive um, a lot. That started to become a real issue that scared me because uh, he's twice the size of me and he would get really angry if he couldn't leave. So I ended up eventually finding just saying, I'm going to let him. And it was the scariest thing I've ever done. Um, but I have a GPS on him that can track him, thank God, because we've had the police involved with finding him so many times. And that has alleviated all of the problems. He doesn't even try to leave anymore. So to anyone who actually has a young child that is starting to do that, by leaving the doors open, that made all the difference in the world. Um, him realizing that they weren't locked, that alone stopped the eloping. So, so do you think it was, so it was um, just like he wanted to do something and you saying no was like a bigger part of his frustration exactly. um, and aggression towards Not you? Not only that, but him seeing that the door was locked and that there was no way, it was almost a game. It became a game. I would lock the door, he'd be up during the middle of the night and he'd check the doors. And if he saw that one had, you know, some extra screws sticking out and some boards up against it, that was his mission for the night was to get that open. And once it was opened, he would leave. Now that that isn't an issue anymore. Well, we're, so um, I wanted to ask too, so when you started, so I wanna say this correctly, but um, you started, you're the president and CEO of frat.org, right. which is finding real autism accessibility training. And that's right. for um, first responders, right? It's for first responders. Well, it, it initially started off for first responders and how that started was, one night my son went missing as usual and it was nighttime so they had the helicopters out we had the whole depart police department here and it was so scary and while they were here they said okay well once they found him i was talking to the officer and he had asked me he said okay so for next time because <laughs> there'll be a highly next likely there will be <laughs> he said what would you uh suggest we do and what are things he likes how would you suggest we get him to come to the car um just give us some ideas of how to work with him. And that was where I got the idea uh, to start frat. I was like, this, this isn't gonna be my kid. This is gonna be everybody's kid and all the police departments. But from there, it evolved. And now the focus isn't only on um, first responders, but it has now become a focus. We travel a lot, a lot. And we've always traveled. And like we were talking earlier about um, accessibility and resources for the teen and adult population mm -hmm. now we are also doing training and awareness um for hotels um oh, that's for good. the hospitality yes that's huge for hotels for cruise ships for um shopping centers 
for you name it, we're doing it. And like I said earlier, if you check out any of these hotels, even the ones that have been given the seal of approval, autism friendly and great place for, for kids. But that's the problem is they're only focusing on these kids. And with the amount of traveling we've done, um, I thought, absolutely, we need to get some training out there for, for the entire staff of hotels to make it so that families can actually go to a restaurant. We still can't, um, very few, mm -hmm. but all it would take is some training, some know-how, um, teach the managers, teach the wait staff, and so many more people would actually be willing to even try it knowing that at least the restaurant or knowing the least that hotel is prepared for whatever you throw at them. Mm -hmm. Because I think we're afraid to even try it anymore because we just think, oh, no one's going to get it. And I'm going to have the whole place staring at me when, you know, he has a meltdown. So yeah, it actually really opened up to, you know, businesses, to just stores, shopping, everything. Um, just spreading awareness and teaching uh, just ways that they can accommodate families. So that yeah. we're not afraid to try, we're not afraid to go on a cruise because we think, well, you know, God forbid. I remember thinking, what if he jumped? Yeah. <laughs> Over the balcony. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of these places just need to keep in mind that there's that huge population that are um, transitioning to adulthood and they're not addressing them. So once we do that, I think it's going to change the world for our kids, everybody else's kids, and it'll just make life so much easier for literally everybody, if we do this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you don't want to mark your kids, but you almost want to, especially with your son being six foot four. And if you guys are at, you know, Disneyland or if you're somewhere and he might grab you aggressively, I mean, people right. might think that that's your husband or your boyfriend, mm -hmm. like abusing you or something. And it's, it's so hard to, yes, it, it's not appropriate, but we've got it. We've got it handled. It would just, right. But, you know, I, I, well, um, I probably would call it, security too if I was a yes. onlooker. So it looks very scary for somebody else. And I've explained that before in some of my blogs. You know, when you see a meltdown and when my son becomes aggressive with me, the way it looks to other people is completely different than the way it looks to me. To me, he's <laughs> my little baby. He's and, having a tantrum. And he's having a tantrum. And I'm not <laughs> afraid. I'm not worried. And sometimes he grabs too hard, but whatever. It's just part of it. Um, but I can see how people would be shocked. Um, mm -hmm. I've had people come up and try to pull him away from me before and I've explained to them, oh, it's okay, it's okay, I've got this. Um, I think for most parents, the worst part of any of those tantrums or those meltdowns, especially with a teenager, is the, um, is the people around you. The temper tantrum, the meltdown is nothing compared to the, to compared to the judgment that you feel. That, oh, that for sure. Yeah. That is the part that just kills me and I'm dying. I just want it to stop. But the meltdown itself is not a big deal. And with, you were just mentioning Disney. Um, we did have an issue at Disney and Disney, first of all, best place on earth. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Yep. They have been more accommodating than anywhere we've ever yeah, been. We had good experience at Disney World too. Right. And, we've been yeah. to Disney World a about three or four times we've been, we live in California. So we are at Disneyland a lot. And I was going to write this in my blog, but I didn't want to because I didn't want to give them a bad name. But 
we did have an issue, unfortunately, and it was a, I, I believe it was a one in a million, but it mm-hmm. was us. And uh, like I said, they have been beyond amazing every time we visited the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the eloping that we had an issue with, and this was about two summers ago, my son, um, he eloped. He broke the window in his room while I was sleeping. And he's a real smart guy. He's like yeah. a walking, uh, walking GPS map. Sounds Let's like it. That. He's incredible mm-hmm. with directions. So while I was sleeping, he got out. Um, he walked up the street and got on the bus. He took two buses, got to Disneyland, oh. and he walked straight through. You know, everybody waits in line and they show their pass. Well, my guy didn't. He just walked straight through. Oh, no. And he, he got in. It was all good. And uh, he went on a bunch of rides. He had a great time. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and all the while, I was at home sleeping because, you know, you know, we don't sleep. And I was probably, the, I probably went to sleep at 5 a.m. that morning and he left at 9. So what happened was he was, um, let's say, being inappropriate. As I said, he likes little girls. He likes girls. And he, there was a little group of girls, I guess they were with the parents and he started following them and he liked to take pictures. So of course this group, he looks like a creeper, is super creeper. (laughs) Okay. Super creeper. And also when he went on the rides, because he's used to going with me where he gets the access pass, he wasn't waiting in line. He was going straight through. So he just wasn't, you know, wasn't in the mood to wait for anything. So security was called. And uh, they took him into the security room. They called the police. And um, they ended up getting a hold of us. And I was actually pretty shocked. He was a a rager, I guess, when they got him because they had to kind of grab him and and bring him in because he was like, you're ruining my Disney day. And uh, they ended up getting a hold of us. The police were fantastic, Anaheim Police Department. However, we ended up, he had a pass. He has a Disney pass. And about a week after that incident, he got home. Everything was okay. Police were happy he was okay. I got a letter from Disneyland saying that he was now banned for a year. And I called them and I explained and I said, this was a, you know, this is a child with severe autism. The fact that he even got there was incredible. He's never been able to go anywhere alone you know, could you, like, we've got this pass, could you understand the situation? He eloped, and this should have never happened, and they were adamant that no, no, he cannot come back, Um, so it took me about three more letters, and finally, I got a response back saying that yes, a few months later, that yes, he could come back, and that they were sorry. I was just shocked, though, that, I mean, we're talking about a severely autistic boy wearing earphones that has, you know, labels on his backpack in case he gets lost and, uh, and is barely verbal, but. I was going to ask about that. If there's anything identifiable on him, like, you know, the, a patch or anything that says, yeah. you know, special needs yeah. or. He wears a backpack every time he goes out and on that backpack, it has, um, it says, I have autism. I may not respond. Um, he also has the earphones on, the noise canceling. So that's, yeah, you can kind of tell with that. Um, just his mannerisms alone. Even yeah. if he was just waiting for the bus, he's got a lot of physical tics, vocal tics, 
Um, like there is no doubt that, that there is something up, you know, it's hard Gosh. to believe when people don't understand, but yeah, other than that, I am pro Disney. <laughs> we are fantastic, but we did have that one incident that I, oh, yeah. it was awful. Gosh, I'm sorry for both of you guys, you know, for your family and for him well, and just everyone involved. Cause it's such a tick uh, tough situation. Cause you know, on the one hand, the park had to address it for the family, right. for the families that felt like in, in danger or whatever they felt from him. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, maybe they could have been a little less aggressive yeah. with him and kind well, of explained I just to the family, they... like, we'll take care of it, but I think he has special needs. So just, you know, right. please don't overreact, but we'll, we'll handle it and we'll call his parents and you know, whatever, but it may have even been a little bit of a miscommunication and, and yeah. speaking to the wrong people, because in the end, when I explained everything they said okay well we'll take off the ban but from now on you have to come with them and i said you haven't been listening this whole time <laughs> he, he, I, he didn't want to wake me it was us. kind <laughs> like it was he would never i would never say oh you're going to disney i'll right, see you later no 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 <laughs> no he's 24 hour you know supervision guy yeah. he, he should never ever ever be alone so those are the times yeah. you just laugh to yourself like really people i mean do you really think that in my 18 years of parenting you know, him that I am that stupid that I yeah, just yeah. would say, I don't care. Just go. It's <laughs> that moment Come where you, you were for a second. I thought, oh, they get it. And then I was just like, oh, no, they don't. <laughs> they don't get it. They don't get it. But that uh, was the worst. That was probably the worst that we've had so far. So that was well, too bad. You know, since you mentioned you travel a lot, um, I mm -hmm. imagine with with both kids that you've done a lot of traveling throughout the years. Now that Hunter, I mean, they're so close in age. How right. does he do knowing that he is, I mean, if you want to say the, the highest, I don't think there's a spectrum for Asperger's, but very yeah. bare, barely on the Asperger's um, right. side I of things. Even, yeah, I barely how, mentioned how does he handle Logan's needs? Because clearly, you know, uh -huh. you need to be at Logan's beck and call for right. pretty much everything. And does Hunter feel left out? Does he kind of um, get irritated? If he wasn't resentful, I would be shocked. Yeah, I think. But uh, the also the thing about he has a different personality completely. He's um, very calm compared to me. He's almost the adult with the three of us. <laughs> he's he's the one with the calm sense, and I'm the crazy one. But uh, he's very mature for his age. Very calm. Very understanding. Um, he has just decided over the years, and I can't blame him, to. Uh, if I was taking, say I was going to Disneyland for the day and taking Logan, well, he's not going to go, which he just doesn't want to deal with the, the scene. I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't want to deal with it either. Yeah. Um, and like a lot of kids, if we go anywhere, it's, we're following Logan everywhere we go. It's where he it wants takes, to go. Yeah. It's his time. Everything is when he's hungry. If he doesn't want to be there, we leave. So he doesn't enjoy himself and then for me as a mom you're spending all day trying to make sure everybody's happy yep. and actually i've even said to him you know what you're you're best probably not going and i'll take you separately so i spend a lot of my days that i'll take one to okay me and logan are going to universal studios today and then next week me and hunter will go to universal studios yeah. so that we can actually enjoy it um no he's actually surprisingly uh he i would probably be more angry about the situation than he is he's he's pretty incredible in that sense That's um good. yeah when he was younger he was always very embarrassed very embarrassed yeah. uh just by the behaviors 
but now he, um, like I said, he's very grown up. Even getting on the airplane, we can have issues. Um, I've learned from those issues, but just, you know, seat placement. I've learned now that when we're <laughs> traveling, I have to make sure that I have a picture, that he knows where his seat is. Yep. But we've had issues where Logan would get on the plane and decide, no, I'm not sitting there. I'm sitting there. And that would cause a big situation on the plane because someone would already be sitting there. Um, moments like that where most teens would just die because the entire plane is staring at you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I think he's used to it now. Does he enjoy it? Absolutely not. And do I? No. No. Honestly, no. No, I wish it didn't happen. And it's stressful. And, and it's embarrassing, but, um, I just feel bad for my daughter because I mean, at their ages, she's 14 and he's 16 oh, yeah. and she still has to ride in the back seat. Like if the four of us go to dinner or something, they're in the back seat and, um, you know, Skylar always hits her, like he'll reach over and smack her leg yep. or whatever. And she's like, ah, oh, stop hitting, you know, like it's uh-huh. your typical, you know, my sister and I were the same way. It was like, don't touch this side of the seat. This is my side. She's touching me, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff, but right. he doesn't speak. He just, yeah, you know, there's no, there's, her all the time. <laughs> right. And she can't explain or talk to him or have a conversation about it. Right. It's, and I feel so bad because she's like, can I sit, can I sit in the front seat? And I'm like, and I get car sick really bad. So I'm like, Oh, I love you. But you know, if we're going on a short trip, I'm like, fine, I'll sit back there with them. You know, by all means you sit up here in the front seat and have, have peace. But even then you don't, because he sits behind the passenger seat. It's just kind of where his seat is. Mm -hmm. And it's not any better for the person in the passenger seat because he reaches through and pulls your seatbelt and like chokes you. Yeah. When you have your seatbelt on and then he'll pull your hair. If it's me or my daughter with long hair, he'll pull our hair. So, I mean, nobody's safe in the car (laughs) except for the driver. And and (laughs) that's, that's like, just as you're telling me that, and I'm thinking of all that we go through and my son has OCD. So he's constantly getting up from the back row and having to come up and he has to touch the radio, touch, 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 sit down, touch, 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 sit down. And the screaming. He's one of those, we're going through that right now where he's just screaming. And it's ear piercing, and especially in the car, or he's watching the YouTube videos and just rewind, rewind, rewind. Um, it's so much to it handle. Is. And I think people awesome. probably would say to me, like, well, then why don't you put Skylar in the front seat? Well, because he touched, mm-hmm. touch, touches everything. I right. mean, the volume will go from four to like 38 in like a matter of seconds. And then he touches the shifter. And, uh-huh. you know, it's just like, oh my God. And then, you yeah. know, it doesn't, it does scare me because he doesn't like the cross part of the seatbelt. So we seatbelt him in and then he'll pull that cross part, cross body part yeah. around his head and it's behind him. So he just mm-hmm. has the seat part or the, you know, waist part of the seatbelt right. on. I don't well, want him up front because if we were to hit something or whatever, he'd go right through the windshield and oh, it's yeah. just yeah. the safest for him to be in the back. But you know, so well, <laughs> the new car that my husband is getting for work, I think has bucket seats. He picked it specifically because oh, that's good because it kind of keeps you touch each other. In there. That's a good idea. But I was that was one other thing actually when it came to um, my consulting and training. Uh, one other thing I realized when we were traveling because there are so many more expenses associated with autism as well mm-hmm. besides all that therapy stuff. Just real world, every day of our lives the extra money you spend um, traveling. I took the boys to Disney World of all places and uh, the car, that's an issue. When you're, when you're renting a car and you have 
a child with autism, oh, an adult with autism that's this ginormous, well, we need three rows. Yeah. Um, we couldn't take just the regular car. We had to get the car that had the three rows for safety. Um, he needs that separation. He needs that row of seats between us so that he's not jumping over and grabbing the wheel when he wants to go that way. Um, but it's, it's, it's expensive. Everything, you know, everything, everything you buy, everything you do, where you live, um, how you decorate your house. Yeah. Or lack thereof. I'm about over the Christmas tree right now. I don't know why my husband's like, why do you put the tree up every year? And it's only a pre-lit tree with no ornaments. It's just Uh a tall skinny tree in the, you know, the living room. And then I use the ornament tree in the basement where this kind of really doesn't go very often. And that's where Uh we open presents and stuff. But he walks by that other tree like 30 times a day, at least and smacks it and pulls at it. And he grabs stuff off the mantle and he, I mean, yeah. I'm like, it's every year it's there. And after you think maybe four or five days of seeing it, he'd be like, okay, it that's there. And yeah. I'm over it. Nope. Not, every day he does the same things. And he gets this little smirk on his face as soon as he hits it. And we're like, no hands, mm-hmm. just look, don't touch it. Nice hands, all the things. Yeah. And he just smirks and he walks yeah. away for a second, comes right back, does it again. Yeah. He it's got the just, reaction he needed. It's on loop. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. I'm like, you know, that's one of the chapters in my book. The reason I don't have nice things. <laughs> oh, I went through years of that where everything I bought, if it was a vase, it would have to be like a wicker made vase yep. or like everything was like that. I'm finally past that. Thank God. Yeah. Because um, I love nice things. But the same thing. And even you saying that, like it's been years, I was going to say, well, don't stop putting up the Christmas tree. You know, keep it up. I won't. I refuse. Um, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I would be the same way because eventually it's just going to have to, he's going to have to get it. But it's like um, when you have therapy or therapists coming into the house and they, you know, say eventually he's, you're going to wear him down and you're going to, you know, <laughs> they are relentless, these guys. I'm they still waiting. Out, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, years. But I'm, well, yeah, mine's the same way. And I, my argument is, you know, my daughter lives here and we live here. He doesn't right. dictate and own this house. I am going to have a tree, whether I have to yell at him a hundred times or he just breaks one every year and I just have to replace it and buy another one every year. We I will have a you. Christmas tree, damn it. I agree <laughs> with like, you 150%. You're not going to win. Because, right. There's so many things that you negotiate with and just the same as what he negotiates with. Cause there's all of that, you know, uproar on Twitter and all these things, but, um, with the autism community and I, and I get both sides. I get that some things bother my son or somebody with autism. I get that things bother them during the day. Um, and that I've had to accommodate him. I've had to change things around for him, but it's the same way it goes both ways. There are days when he's screaming and I literally can't take one more scream that I will turn around and I'll let him know straight out. That's it. There's no more. I get you need to do this, but your, my need comes over yours right now Mm -hmm. because we've got it. We've got to work together on this thing. And, um, it reminds me of, uh, because after I I don't want to resent you (laughs) and we do have, there's a whole family here and we all have to get along years ago. When I started taking the kids on vacation, my dad said to me, why, why are you doing this? Well, you put yourself through that. (laughs) Why are you taking them? You'd be so much better off at home. And that was my reason. I'm not going to let this dictate us. Like, I want to be a normal family. I want to do normal things. 
And I'm so glad I did that because had I not, and I, I just stayed in that comfort zone of everybody's content and we're just going to stay hidden in the house and never leave. We couldn't have ever got to the point we're at now. Mm -hmm. So where something might've been um, uncomfortable, maybe the first two times, well, now it's not even an issue anymore. And I think a lot of people um, are afraid to kind of push that and to go there. Yes, it will make him uncomfortable. Maybe the sensory issues of walking into a big brand new hotel. But after the first day, he's happy he's there. And I'm happy we're there. At least my other son is happy we're there. We can actually do things like a normal family. Um, and that's how you learn. I mean, if you didn't take right. the first trip, you wouldn't know, okay, well, next time I am not going to get a, a right. hotel room that's on the first floor because mm -hmm. he'll leave. I'm going to, you know, like you just if, figure it out as you go. Right. And if it took too many times and it was just still, you know, a sore spot, just like the restaurants, um, we've stopped going. And I don't pity myself for not being able to go out to eat with my son. Uh, we've just decided to look on the bright side and we get takeout and we go home and sit and watch movies. Mm -hmm. So no biggie, but on that one, he never got used to it. So that was a compromise. I thought, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, how would they learn? They will never learn unless you do it. And it's exhausting, but it's absolutely worth it. It's definitely rewarding. So the respite that you have now, have you always had respite? Is it just been kind of a revolving door of people to provide respite or have you had really um, good experience with respite providers and respite itself, I think needs an entire overhaul. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's not enough people. No, there's not enough people. They don't pay enough. Yeah, so and that's why. People, <laughs> exactly. So you get somebody and then that person is out the door as soon as they find something better. Um, and then also a lot of the time, the, the people you're getting because of the pay, really, uh, this isn't, this isn't their, their dream job, no. um, you know, and, and they don't have their heart in it. It's just a, it's a stepping stone to something else. Um, I always said, if I was Kardashian rich, this would never be an issue. I would yeah. pay a proper wage and have somebody who would become part of the family. Um, had lots of issues with respite. And especially they, um, some of the agencies think it's okay that if you, uh, you know, need somebody three days in a row that they send three total strangers Ugh. on each day. And that's so backwards and wrong. Like my son, yeah. would, it won't work first of all, but no. it's just, so I have found that just going um, privately and doing it myself, talking to friends, talking to people at the school, doing it that way, that's how I take care of respite. You find yeah. somebody who's, you know, in it for the long haul. And we've gone through a few. We have one now and it's going great. Um, but you really can never have too many. Especially oh, absolutely. No family. We still here. haven't. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't have any family here either. And we still haven't. We, we've been able to take a couple vacations. My sister um, is in Michigan and she is a teacher. So there's times when she has breaks that if we like our last vacation was a year ago, um, the first week of this year of 2019, and uh, mm -hmm. she was able to come down and, and stay with him. But there's very few people that we could even consider leaving overnight with him. Um, oh, yeah. She's great it's... with him and my niece is great with him. But that's about it. We don't really have anybody else that could watch him. Even for one night, we would mm -hmm. be basket cases worrying about him. Absolutely. Going um... on a long weekend somewhere. So Right. It's, yeah. I get that 100% because even the training of some of these people at the rest of the agencies, because of the pay, there is no training and you have to trust somebody. 
wow, the trust you have to put into these people, it's very hard to find. Mm -hmm. And unless it's through friends or you just finally meet, it's just a fluke. But anybody I have met that has right now, I've only got one person, but, um, and it took me years to find that one person. So you just pray that they never move away. I know. uh, (laughs) Or they have a life and get married. And usually the um, people we've had um, that were like nannies for the summer when when the kids were younger and things like that, they were so great, but they were just graduated from college and they were like, yeah, I can watch them and no big deal. And then they get married and then they have kids of their own. (laughs) And and then they're gone. Bring your kids over. (laughs) They're like, no thanks. (laughs) Yeah, it's a tough one. And as I said to even his respite care now, um, it's a guy that we've got and he's a big guy, so it's perfect. But, uh, yeah. as I said, this is going to be a super easy job, but when you work, it's hard. Yeah. So let's just think of it that way. When you guys go out together, it's hard and you've got to really be on top of things, but you know, for the most part, it's pretty easy going. You just hang out with them and no biggie at the house, but yeah, they have to be the most patient understanding, yeah. um, yeah, and you hear so many stories. It's scary. It's it's one of the hardest things to do is find somebody you trust, especially when they can't tell you, you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's so scary. Yep, and they can be abusive to the respite care providers, just like they are to us, oh, and they don't think twice oh, about it. Absolutely. So that's Ugh. another thing you have to worry about. Oh, I know. I know. It's it's definitely, definitely tricky. Well, you know, as we kind of wrap up, I mean, what are, I never like to use the word advice because I mean, you know, I, I don't like to get uh-huh. advice because nobody likes to get don't advice. Don't listen to me because matter. I, I've probably Especially done a million, yeah, I've probably done a million things wrong and I probably would change a lot of the way that I did things, but you know, right. what takeaways do you have, you know, now that your son is 18 and you've had, you know, the ups, the downs, the severe challenges, you know, would you offer any suggestions to parents that we, you know, we mentioned there's a lot of people still getting the new diagnosis and they're four and right. five and six years old. Um, is there anything, any suggestions you would give to them? Right. About- well, for the, for the new, the newbies, the ones that are just getting the diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, don't buy in to the, uh, the whole, you know, defeat autism now and the whole care. Well, we all I heard know that was not even around it, anymore. Maybe it I is. I would not be surprised because it's so politically uncool at this point. Um, their their name alone, uh, I would not be surprised. But don't get pulled into the, you know, the scams of recovery and cure and cures. It's it's there is no such thing. Um, my only advice, and this wouldn't be just for special needs, but it would be for every parent, is absolutely 100% go with your gut on everything. Yeah. Even at school, if you think something's up, if you think that if something doesn't feel right, if you feel uneasy about something, our guts are amazing. And mine's never been wrong. When I've felt unsure about a school or a teacher or an aide, um, there's usually something behind that. There's usually a reason for it. Um, and also if you do have, you know, everybody gets therapy, we all do it and it's, and it's helpful for the most part, but, um, don't my another, another thing that I did, and I wish I didn't was don't be afraid to speak up. Even in those moments where you think you're going to look like a weak parent mm-hmm. in those moments of ABA where, you know, my son would just be at the point of absolute breakdown and I would sit because I was afraid to say, stop. And I look back at what they were doing and not all of them, because there was a lot of good in ABA, 
But there were times that now that I look back, I wish I would have stood up and said, stop, because yeah, there's a point where I can tell this is going to be helpful or it's not. Mm -hmm. um, and even in schools, if there's something, IEPs, if there's something you don't agree with and there are seven people from the school district sitting in front of you, making you feel like you don't know what you're talking about, right. stick to your guns. If you don't want you know, restraint used, you're not going to let them. And no matter what they say, it doesn't matter. You've said no. So that would be, if I could talk to the old me, that would be it. Don't let them bully you. Go with your gut. If something doesn't feel right, don't back down. Um, because you know what's best for your kid. Nobody else does. I concur. I concur with all of that. I think that you're the best and true, only true advocate your child has. Absolutely. I mean, everybody's trying to help you. And that's so great that we have mm -hmm. parents and resources and all of these things. But at the end of the day, you know, if you don't feel right about something, like you said, right. then, then, then. And you know, yeah, like you said, some of these therapies work wonders for some kids, but every kid is so different. And when you can clearly see and you can feel it in your gut, this is going to be a disaster. With mine, um, stick with it. You know yep. what will work and what won't. And nobody else, like you said, nobody else is going to be an advocate like you are. Nobody. So now's our chance, you know, when they're still growing to do the best we can. And you were doing just that. You're such a good mom. <laughs> oh, please. You put up with a lot. You're such a good mom. People, <laughs> don't we all? We all do. All moms do. It doesn't matter. Special needs or not, we put up with a lot. And I think we should fly out and meet you guys on Disneyland. And we, we take Absolutely. Skylar and Logan to Disneyland and just take that Let's place by it. storm. You guys can stay here in my, um, in my <laughs> locked abode and, uh, and we'll get a respite person. We'll find one. There's got to be one out there. They may and need to close the park for the day for just us. All oh, right. Like I said, Kardashian money. All that's right. Kardashian money. Life would be so much easier. Yes, yes, it would. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for hopping into the time zone, Eastern time zone for me for this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. And, it's and so taping. great to talk to another mom who gets it and we can kind of just put it all out there and be real. Yep. I'm building, I'm building my network. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> it takes a village. <laughs> it really so. does. It really does. And I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing because you know, so many aren't speaking up and you are, and that's all we need. We just need to keep doing this and keep talking about it. And it'll just become more of the norm for everyone. Well, thank you. And we're going to find more and more parents with teens and twenties and 30 year olds uh, hiding out there. And we're going to get them to talk to us about well, what the next steps look like. <laughs> so, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. Have a great evening and I will talk to you very soon. For sure. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and will tune in for the next episode in two weeks. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Living the Sky Life within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select that five-star rating, provide feedback or suggestions about topics you'd like to hear about, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.